Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And this week, we have the tale of two Joshes. First up, Josh Edmond of Vino Head. And then we have Joshua Martin of Loyalty Wines. Pew, 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 pew. Sometimes it's not even a real like. Can't respond. Just, yeah. Yeah, you're just like yeah, <laughs> Mac Ten. Yeah. <laughs> Man, um, some weeks are just. Not saying it was a hard week, but some weeks are just longer than others. Agreed. Agreed. Like and I mean, in during this COVID, you know, infested COVID infested uh, time we're in, it's just like. I don't even know what day of the week, what month, what time. It's a little, it's a little lot. It's a little yeah, lot. Days been together, especially those working. Wow, like wow. sometimes you're working on the weekend, and you don't even know that you you're not supposed to be working. <laughs> yeah, that's happening now. You know the days are blurring, the weekends are blurring, the work days. You want to get a jump ahead of the work week, so you start working on a Sunday, and that work ahead day is now Saturday. Now you didn't work through the whole weekend because you ain't yeah. leaving the house anyway. You ain't going nan nowhere. I become a slave to your workplace. Slave to the trade. Right. Get away from that <laughs> laptop. Go outside. Hang out in the yeah. cold. Have a snowball fight. Do something. All like of that. those things. All of those things. And you know what I'm excited about today? We have two dope guests. <laughs> and guess what? Both of their names are Joshua. Hey, that means something. Yes. Joshua's a biblical name, ain't it? It, it, it is. I think so. I don't remember his story. It has to be a biblical name. It just sounds biblical. I mean, there was Joseph. Maybe it's his cousin. But I mean, well, I'm pretty sure Joshua is a biblical name, and, and Joshua's usually are just good people. Yeah. With good intent. Usually, Josh's are, and both Josh's today are in the wine industry. And the first Josh that we're talking to, Josh Etman, he's also a Chicagoan. Pew, 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 pew. Wendy City, stand up. <laughs> and he has um, sort of like a wine and food magazine type of thing for millennials. It's called Vino Head, and it's a subscription. And he talks about how, you know, he got started in it and like how he's trying to bring millennials, Gen Z, Gen X, uh, to the wine drinking space where they can feel more comfortable versus like the you know institutional voids that that exist within the larger magazines and, and periodicals about wine because right, it only hits like a certain type of person yeah like it's not into as they call black and brown communities urban uh markets that they don't really really speak to the urban experience 
So we we talked to him, and I love the fact that he is very uh, at that intersection of um, race, international, like uh, inter- uh, race and ethnicity uh, within the wine space. So I really really appreciate it. And then also we're che- we're talking to Joshua Martin of Loyalty Wines. Yes, and for those of you who are not familiar of Loyalty Wines, it's a new wine company, uh, and his co-partner, uh, co-founder is uh, Jay Prince uh, from Rapalot. Hold on now. Now, I always said Jay Prince was my stepfather because he helped raise me as a kid. <laughs> I always say that Jay Prince, Master P, you know, so. Um, me growing up, like that was one of the only examples of entrepreneurship growing up was watching their careers and watching how they move. So it's awesome, super dope. Yeah. To have, you know, his, his, you know, brand here, you know, on the show, we're talking to him and wow. Yeah. So for, for to talk about their rosé, and they actually have more than just a rosé, they actually have a whole entire, like, brand collection. Oh, so in the, Yeah, it's a whole collection. So they have a loyalty Cabernet Savion, a loyalty rosé, a loyalty gold. Um, and, and it's so amazing. Um, they even have a loyalty Merlot as well. So it's it's pretty cool. Full compliment of wine there. I mean, they got the whole family, the whole family. And so a little background about Loyalty Wines, uh, hip hop veteran and entrepreneur Jay Prince brings his respected taste with a limited edition collection of signature wines uh, that include the Merlot, the Cabernet Sauvignon Blanc and an elegant sparkling rosé and fresh sparkling white wine. Um the grapes were selected from French vineyards and a combination of traditional and modern winemaking techniques, which were used to preserve and reflect the unique character of each varietal. So with the rosé that we are talking about today, um, it's a lively rosé, which displays fresh acidity and fine bubbles with lingering red fruit notes on the finish. And it should be, of course, the way we loved it, served chilled um it has grenache grapes uh syrah um and even a uh, combard grapes and it comes together harmoniously to make a pale pink color it is open with an ar- aromic uh bake bay boutique <laughs> bouquet of red fruit and citrus notes goes to show you that drinking and 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 learning about what you're drinking you have to do it in moderation otherwise you stumble over words which is what i'm doing but but that goes to show you how good this is. Man. Loyalty. I mean, it just sounds like you were saying the other day, like royalty, loyalty. Royalty to the loyalty. Man. Yes. I mean, you yes. Can't have royalty without loyalty. And the loyalty is that royalty. What? If it's symbiotic. Man, it makes me feel like if I had a genie, right? Like Aladdin, because you know there was like a whole loyalty and royalty, you know, play there in Aladdin. Shout out Walt Disney and his racism. Uh, <laughs> uh, Aladdin, right? The genie. I think everybody loved genie, and you know he granted him three wishes, and his wishes were kind of whack, but you know it was a story. And again, racism lives through Walt Disney. Um, what were your three wishes be? Oh, man, put me on the spot. Pew pew pew. Man, wish one. 
I wish I was a little bit taller. Wish I was a baller. Wish I had a girl who looked good. That's I would call right her. <laughs> that's the, I think, I think Harry, I think Harry Gass wish. That's it right there. That's it right there. That's it. <laughs> um, you know, my first wish is that, um, you know, that us as a people, that we get a high level of understanding. My second wish is the ability to know how to help whoever I encounter. Mm. You know how you, you come across somebody and they may tell you something, but you don't really know how to really connect with that person and help them. Like, like being able to have that ability. <clears throat> my third wish would be the ability to have great decision making like mm. make sure that every decision I make was spot on okay accurate and was the right one I think you know with those three things like you get whatever you want in this world like because everything you do in this world is like based on decisions like, okay you know, either do, decide to do this or that you know and those decisions <laughs> determine whether you know you become someone or not Okay. Do you want to know mine? So my first wish would be to have more wishes. No. (laughs) But my first wish would be, I think, for, and this is going to sound corny or like pageantry, but literally that there's no bad that happens to little kids. Like if you're 16... Well, because it's like a pet, like I said, pageantry type of thing. But like you know, kids is in danger. (laughs) Well, yeah, and to my what I want, what what I'm trying to to get to with with that wish is because the formula, the formative years that we have are when we're kids, right? And if you notice, like where people have their real traumas is because of the experience that they had, and then. In most cases, the trauma is something that is horrendous that happens to them, not something that makes them better or builds them. It becomes a crutch to them as they go through life and become adults. So if you don't have anything that is negatively impacting a kid, I feel like you could still learn how to ride a bike. You could still how to do all these things. But if it's not for the betterment of a person where it actually causes harm and trauma, I don't want it to happen to kids. Yeah, so that's my first wish. My second wish is that this is going to now sound non-pageantry. All those who I'm trying to make sure I say this politically correct. All those who do not accept others at the level of what they're at, they just vanish. Because I feel like there's so much judgment and negative judgment for no reason. Like, I don't like this person because they have on a purple shirt. Vanish, you go. Like, to the abyss. Because I feel like, how do you get to really know someone? And if you want to be that stupid about it, then you don't need to exist. Like, you go to the abyss. Bye. I think a lot of people, a lot of people in the world get get out of here behind that. Hey, bye. You know what I mean? Because I think sometimes, you know, we. The way we protect ourselves is through our biases, you know what I'm saying? So, like, and not to say that is a good thing, but it's what it is, you know what I mean? Like, no, I don't know what you mean because I don't like it. I don't like that people can come up with some sort of ridiculous reason to dislike a person. Like, let's say that, right? Like, you have on a purple shirt today, so I'm going to talk trash. What you're doing is not helping yourself or anyone else. 
So bye-bye to the abyss you go. You're not helping anything in the world. You're not making the world a better place. No one is smarter because of your hate. Goodbye. That's what so I think. You don't think there's no rehabilitation for those type of people? That's why you go to. That's why you go to the abyss. The abyss. Maybe, maybe in the abyss. You know, that's a whole nother wish for someone else to make. Um, I'm just talking about my three. <laughs> maybe there's a recovery plan. I, I maybe I don't know. Um, but that goes deeper into probably that wish. So maybe I have to be more specific of that wish. But my third wish is a very selfish wish for me that I am able to step away from things. So if it does not serve me, I need to, I want to be able to step away and not be like the type A uh, empathetic person that I am where I involve myself thoroughly into things that do not serve not only the person thing or, or, or project, but definitely doesn't serve something good you know so like i i sometimes get people that i haven't talked to in years that'll call me out of the blue who actually did some really shady stuff um and like stop talking to me not me stop talking to them like they were shady i saw their shade and then bam oh they disappeared but now here they need need something and because i'm empathetic i'll be like all right cool you know pick up where we left off because i have no ill will towards you but yeah, it doesn't serve me to do that. I feel you, and, and, and sometimes I, I, um, I wish I had that ability too, just to be like kind of like stonewall, cut someone off, and like, damn you, to the abyss. <laughs> yeah, I wanna, I wanna have my empathy for moments that empathy really deserves it, and also I want people to be empathetic to me when right. I deserve it. So I don't want to be like false false claiming something that I don't need energy for like oh my god my car won't start I need everyone in the world to cry for me today like nah girl like figure it out get a jump start or walk I mean get a bike there's other means to get to where you're going why are you tripping but like when something really is serious to be in the serious moment and having the energy for it because I feel like we spend so much time in places and, and to this point given empathy and, and opportunity and space for things that don't need to exist. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so those are I my like, three wishes. I like that. Bam. I like that. They're very right, gangster. Very absolute. Yeah, because I want to be a more um, like straight to the point person. Like I know that I sometimes can go around the bout and, and tell the story and dig deep and go down rabbit holes. It never helps. Right. And and yeah, sometimes people get lost in the flowery yeah. commentary around what you're trying to deliver. So sometimes you gotta just jump, jump straight to it. No, that's you me know? taking a sip of this amazing wine. And yes, yeah. I agree. Like sometimes in life we get to a point where we feel that the more we say and how we say it and try to be nice about it but it's still what not what like it's not getting the point across or in a timely way so being more effective in my communication that's the last one more effective in communication that scratch the one I just talked about because that gets me to that <laughs> yes because well I first started off with I want more wishes. <laughs> hey, then I mean, shit, you got more wishes anyway. So Yay! So I wonder what everybody else's wishes would be. So 
if you're listening to the podcast and you want to leave a comment and you know like a review of this episode let us know what your three wishes are i think that would be kind of cool to see what other people in the world would wish for because like we live in a really unprecedented time like what does that mean to you and like what would you change about the world or yourself if you had three wishes right now i, I like Yay. That. i like that i think yeah we should do well that. and i i like both of our guests today because both of our guests are guesses both of our guests are doing something to change the world like both joshes are joshing like we're gonna make an adjective they joshing making change right. Right. Boom. I like it. I mean, I'm making good wine. Yes. And talking about it. Good product. Yes. So why don't we get into our first interview with Joss Edmund of Vito Head. Pew, pew. Vito Head. Yes, my man. Hey. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today, I'm so excited. Sometimes one take isn't enough. You need to do two. And with this person, <laughs> it's our second time recording because our studio messed up. But that means I get to talk to them again. Yay! So we have the amazing, the owner, founder, creator of Vino Head, Josh Atman. Yay! Thank you for having me. You know, I, I do want to point out that we don't know if, in fact, multiple podcasts all the time have second takes. <laughs> Maybe Joe Rogan. Yeah, right? Like, I think he's probably the only one. <laughs> like, what if those are, you know, like, what if in set, he's just like, hold on, we got to stop. We got to restart. You yeah. never know, right? We don't know what the final product is. We never being. know. But you know what? I'm just excited I get to talk to you again. <laughs> so much has changed and we've probably consumed so much more wine since the last time we t- you know we spoke. Um, so yeah. I feel confident that like our wine knowledge and journey has just continued. <laughs> it picked up like it never left. <laughs> That's right. We had the because ho- we spoke before the holidays. Oh, yeah. Uh, before the new oh, year. Yeah. So I feel like with the exception of, you know, people who really commit to dry January, we're, you know, we, we had more more is more for the end of the year like I feel like I drank some great wine you know Thanksgiving through New Year's and then I did not participate in dry January unless you consider dry tannic wine that's what I was thinking Uh, I did do dry January dry wines (laughs) dry wines yes very very dry wines Um, leathery just you know insane amounts of tannins that wear you out but then of course that just makes you want to eat like a greasy meat lover's pizza or a cheeseburger or something. All of the grease. All of the grease. Yes. <laughs> I'm here for all the grease. Well, as everybody can tell, Josh is like one of my favorite people on planet Earth. And I'm so excited to talk with you. And Josh, uh, Vino Head, what, what is it and how did you create it? I think, you know, we created Vino Head for, um, I guess, what would be the undying need to relate to a younger generation of wine drinkers. And I I sort of use the term wine drinkers mostly to emphasize the fact that I think wine enthusiasts puts you into a bucket where you you've already sort of stepped into wine or you've 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 gotten some sort of familiarity with wine to be an enthusiast of something. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe the general population consumes wine that way. 
and certainly not for millennials and Gen Z, who I believe are very interested in wine, are consuming wine, but are not yet considered part of something. Um, and they wouldn't identify as being an enthusiast or a guru or a lover of things. They're just like, I love wine because I drink wine. Um, and so we created Vino Head with the mission to truly sort of democratize the way we approach it, the way we communicate it. And we wanted to build a platform where anyone felt comfortable coming in. You don't need a PhD to drink wine. I'm fairly, fairly certain uh, you don't need a PhD to drink wine. And I know, you know, you can get sort of smacked around for saying this, but I believe all wine drinkers are created equal. Yes. And I've never felt, you know, walking into a restaurant or a tasting or anything that you needed to have some sort of pedigree to be there. You're the consumer, you know, you can dine in any restaurant you want and eat any food you want and they should be treated the same way. Well, the same thing with wine. So we try to strip away the pretense. And the way we do that today is we distribute a newsletter every week that is in our voice and our tone with our sort of uh, a view of the world. And we're of course going on social and documenting everything we're doing in real time. And that's the wines we're drinking, the places we're going, the people we get to hang out with. It's very much a lifestyle. Um, and I get to be part of it because I'm an elder millennial. So I still get to insert myself. But don't let them know, yeah. because sometimes when I don't shave and when I don't get a haircut in a pandemic, I look like maybe I'm aging out. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm really trying hard to get back to my youthful ways. Well, I mean, just this conversation in general is very youthful. And you know what? I'm an elder in the millennials as well. You know, I am in the 80s very early on, so I'm not going to say the year. <laughs> uh, we're not dating ourselves, but we remember... Yes. Like when, when we were, because we talked about this because we're both from Chicago. Yes. So like over the summer when we were all stuck in like the first lockdown and ESPN was playing the Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, like we remember it intimately. Yes. <laughs> I, you yes. know, I don't just remember like Kobe and LeBron. I remember Michael. Yeah, so I remember the first that's how championship. I, I remember it. And like. You know, as a kid growing up in Chicagoland, you know, like, yes, we're, we're, we weren't able to drink wine, but, you know, like that champagne toast and like the locker room and like, I was like, that's got to be delicious if they can just spray it around that way. Like water doesn't squirt like that, honey. Like we are definitely excited about the age of 21 so I can like drink it up like these championship bulls do. <laughs> if you think about it, maybe that was our earliest inclination towards like wine and spirits was like championship celebrations and popping bottles of champagne. I mean, I remember playing baseball as a kid, winning a league championship when I was probably like 12, 13 years old. The parents ran out and started popping champagne. You didn't know that it was alcohol. It was just like a, it was like having poppers yeah. go off, right? And balloons. And so it sort of is ingrained in you from a little, you know, time you're a little kid. Like, just like saying when you win the Super Bowl, we're going to Disneyland or Disney World, right? Like that's, <laughs> That's the calling card. So perhaps it was subliminal messaging from a very young age that I was going to follow this passion. I think it is. And you know what? I, I I think also, too, it's like the Sunny D and Lunchable effect, right? Like that's Cotruderie mm. and Mimosas. Like we've been, <laughs> you know, taught from an early age how to do this thing called adulting uh, recre recreationally. So I'm like excited that like we have mastered it. <laughs> I never thought about the Sunny D and the Snackables thing, but now like there's you're giving me content ideas. <laughs> like that's a very do it. fun. I mean, we can do anything right now. And I think that's what makes it 
you know, I, I sort of alluded to this, but like there are, for whatever reason, the industry, and I, when I say the industry, I'm obviously referring to sort of the, the old establishment or the guard of like wine communication. And that could be wine professionals, that could be, you know, producers, winemakers, distributors, etc. They sort of lost focus, in my opinion, on the end user yeah. um, and on the, on the consumer. I'm only focused on the consumer. I, I understand and I respect greatly what goes into making wine. In fact, I tell people a lot of times, like I take that very seriously, the art, the agriculture, the sort of science behind what's happening in order to put that on the table, yeah. right? A lot goes into it for it to end up on your table. And that's a special place. And I think a lot of times they're like, that's an honor to be on someone's table for a family gathering or a holiday. Yeah. I look at it, you know, from, I guess through the lens of like, we wanted it to be there but we're, we're not going that deep to think about it, mm -hmm. right? And so I take the whole process seriously. I don't take myself seriously. The reason it's there for me is not to honor anything. It's to spend time with family and friends and be joyous and, you know, enjoy the, the greater, finer things in life, which might just be time together, which we took for granted, exactly, right? Exactly, um, exactly. And so I think that's where the sort of romanticized version of wine, the way traditionally it has been, gets lost on some folks rather than, uh, you know, having fun with it. And I think we see that sometimes in product innovation or we see it with influencers who create wine brands. And a lot of times, you know, they get knocked for it. And I, I sort of, I take a step back and try to have a worldview um, and say, you know what, there's a reason why people are buying wine from Post Malone. Yeah. Or there's a reason why the fat Jewish can sell his rosé company in like a year mm -hmm. and a half. And instead of knocking it for what it is, consider the way that he was able to build a brand or the way he was able to master distribution through new channels. That is what is interesting to me. And I think that is what sort of activates this generation. Well, and like also to your point, like there's so many like new people who are entering the market, like Isaiah Thomas, like actually for a work event, literally <laughs> just talked to Isaiah Thomas and he was talking to us about how he's in the champagne industry and like he was trying to actually buy the land in France but like there's laws and restrictions that like Americans cannot buy the land and like there's new sets of barriers of entry that now exist that once did it but like you see like Snoop Dogg has his own 19 crimes wine um, yep. I mean you name it there's some Sarah Jessica Parker has a wine you know there's so many. Oh, even Cameron Diaz. Like it just keeps, I just keep thinking of um, celebrities and stars and like just regular people. Like, you know, there's a girl out of Atlanta who was a sociologist and she just became a winemaker like in Atlanta and she's like thriving now. So like, it's amazing to see how we're seeing newer uh, blood come into this. And like, it's refreshing, right? Yeah, and it's on both sides. So I like, I appreciate the sort of even movement on the winemaker side of you know having more females and more diversity. Mm -hmm. And it's the, the almost like the you know the sort of urban press style of winemaking in the garage, mm -hmm. right? Like it's the way craft craft breweries and distilleries came about. It's like there's great winemakers that have you know that are borrowing time and facilities from people in order to make fifty cases or a hundred cases, and it's world class wine. And they're like 22 years old, yeah. you know, like they just graduated from UC Davis. You're like, this is cool. And so that's why, you know, when I say you don't need a PhD to drink wine, you also don't need one to make yeah. wine. And the passion is there and it's there 
in every aspect of the way that it ends up in the bottle and on the table. So if young people start going into this field and you know start getting more interested on the professional side, whether that's as a winemaker or as a wine director or sommelier, like that's good for the general consensus of fandom for young people mm-hmm. too, because then you see someone like you serving you, or you're in a in a restaurant and you're like, this is a vibe, and they have an amazing natural wine list, and I'm into natural, and like you're creating an aesthetic that matches up with the demographic. And I think until now, we really didn't have yeah. that, um, or if we did, nobody was broadcasting about it. It was like a blog here and there. Um, or some influencers or some maybe some great writers that stood out because they wrote a book or they were like the editor at Bon Appetit. Mm-hmm. But it never felt like somebody built a platform and said, hey, we are going to be the authority in wine for millennials and Gen Z. And if you want to talk about wine, if you want to vent <laughs> about, you know, like this is the place to do it. And also we're going to create content that is sort of by and for the millennial mindset. You know, I don't create content with, you know, myself sitting in the back of a wine shop, pouring wine into a decanter, swirling it, <laughs> and then doing tasting notes. I, do, I mean, I do that at home to myself. I mean, you um, got to have your own guilty like, pleasures, but like... <laughs> yeah, like I'm sitting here writing my tasting notes and keeping a diary, but that's not the content that the world, you know, for this generation wants to see. And so the thought about how you program is equally as important as the way you communicate that message. And I think the whole thing's a mess. I mean, I know it's a mess, but I'm like, I'm embarrassed by the fact that we didn't consider how to attract young people into the business of wine or into the fandom of wine, right? It's sort of equal parts. Instead, I think people were just flipping and saying things like they love cannabis Mm -hmm. or they just sit on, you know, their phones all day or they're into gaming. And it's like, yeah, but they might be into gaming and wine. You know, I like sports and wine. Renee, you must love <laughs> politics and, and lie, wine, yeah. you know, and wine. We're multidimensional people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think savvier and uh, a little bit more in tune, even though we're multi-screen, we are like tapped into culture and wine fits in that. It is a lifestyle. And so we're hopeful that we can sort of put those parts together. Well, and, and that brings up like a really good point, right? Like we all it, get our first introduction to wine somewhere different, right? Like I know, especially for me, I didn't drink until I went to college, but then I was like box of wine, <laughs> say mm-hmm. more you know <laughs> and oh I remember the box of wine on the mini yeah, fridge in the yeah. dorm room yes but it lasted it, maybe longer than it should have you know because we were we didn't know right like we were just like oh okay but like there's nothing wrong with it but the stigma that comes along when you're an adult uh, out of college drinking box of wine but now seeing how that's transitioned um but it changed so many people's opinion and how they're supposed to drink wine and you need to raise your, you know, your your pinky up and do all these things in order to enjoy wine. And it's like, no, it's supposed to be something enjoyable, relaxing and the way you want to do it. So it's amazing that you are really, you know, focusing on that aspect of wine drinking because a lot of people put work into it and it's not enjoyable anymore. It, it gets lost in, I think, like a, societal I mean there's a bureaucracy for sure but it's like there's societal norms and ways that we approach certain categories wine is unfortunately has sort of built up this aura around 
old wealthy um, hobbyist stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like, or even, and that could be, we could blame our parents for that maybe to a degree. Um, but yet, if you consider like, you don't need to have a certain income level in order to get into mm-hmm. wine. And in fact, I would argue that even people who have discretionary income at the highest level still walk into a store and want to know what's the best $30 bottle in the store. Yeah. Like they're not just buying, you know, $100, $200 bottles of Bordeaux all the time. So there is something special about it being an everyday consumable that doesn't sort of have the same effects maybe as, as higher alcohol content. And it is sort of a relaxant to sit back and, and maybe reflect on the day and enjoy and sit on the couch and binge watch shows on Netflix or get deep into the bachelor, whatever people I mean, do. Yeah. Um, I mean, the batch, I mean, this um, season you, you gotta do it. <laughs> you got it. You know, I'm watching Steph Curry and, you know, I'm watching NBA yeah. games and I'm, but like, and wine is there and it's just, it, it's part of it. And I, the idea of pairing and the idea of travel and experiences that's, you know, that's not an old person's game. That's not exclusive. Yeah. So I, I sort of feel like the experiential side of this at any price point in any region, which I, I'm so grateful for sort of the expanse of new discoveries of new places and new forms, new techniques, cool bottles, cool caps or corks or, you know, capsules. It's just like, it is fun. It can be fun. And we need to wipe away sort of the, I would say anyone who dismisses the fact that it could be or should be, you know, and, and cause that stuff gets in your head, right? That's a tough mountain to climb. It's like, how do I cut through everyone who intimidates, you know, in any category, not just wine, right? And anything I'm interested yeah. in, you're always, you know, worrisome about, I don't know how to order in a restaurant. I don't know if that goes well together. I just know that I'm supposed to eat white with, you know, drink white <laughs> with seafood and red with, with, you know, meat. And it's like, okay, well, that's a starting point. You know, you sort of pointed out that we all have a different entry point to our journey. Um, but guess what? I think our platform can solve for any point in the journey that you're at. If you're like advanced SOM level, I got stuff for you. If you're two buck Chuck level, I got something. For wow. You. And that's like really not only innovative, but like inclusive. And that's that's super it, dope to be a platform that does that. I don't know. Niche media, which is sort of a reference to any category that has like super fans, right? Like an enthusiast, like sneakerheads mm-hmm. is a great example. 20 years ago, that term did not mm-hmm. exist. If it did, it was in the depths of society in like Brooklyn, right? It was like very much an undercurrent of things that were happening. And maybe someone was being referred to as like a shoe collector. They were a sneakerhead, yep. but that wasn't a thing, right? Like when I grew up, we played video games. We played Madden, right? We played NBA Jam, like arcade games became Nintendo, became Sega, et cetera. We played games, but gaming was not what it is today as a category. It was not an Olympic event. You could not win $3 million for playing Fortnite, you know? (laughs) And fill fill 20,000 people in a stadium just to watch or, you know, like literally people watching YouTube videos of other people gaming and then build a multi-billion dollar platform called Twitch that sells to Amazon. Like this wasn't gaming the way we interpreted it. Well, if you see that that sort of evolution in, in a lot of ways of culture, fandom around a category, that's niche media. That's what we are. We are wine. The benefit of wine is that the world we exist in is very symbiotic. Wine is a complement to all these other things, right? So that 
I want to go to Italy and drink Italian wine and eat Italian food. I can't wait. <laughs> you know, like I'm dreaming it up right now. Like the Airbnb is the solvent yeah. for this, right? Like we are all of a sudden thinking I can go to these places, experience their culture, eat their food and drink their wine. Like I'm fascinated by our ability to insert wine into all the things that we love without it being a dominant force. It doesn't need to be. And I think that's where wine as a category had people that created this dominant force. But for the vast majority, it's just a piece of their day or a piece of their week or month that they enjoy, but they don't obsess over. Yeah, and I love that. So with this platform, how can people connect, um, subscribe, you know, read, be a part of it, the, the weekly um, uh, information you put out there? So the best way to do it is we've sort of created a weekly newsletter. It's free. You can go to vinohead.co. You can sign up. The weekly newsletter is a digital magazine all condensed into one place, stuffed into your inbox every week. It's everything from original wine reviews that we write, um, stories and articles from around the, the wine world. It's And it's not just like wine geekdom. It's not like climate reports and uh, <laughs> harvest report. It's, you know, Chrissy Teigen accidentally ordered a $13,000 bottle of wine once and it was written about in BuzzFeed last week. All right, that's in the night. Yeah. You know, like it's pop culture, it's relevant topics, things that are actually happening in the world and how wine fits in. So we curate that, we do trivia, we have uh, cover stories once a month about interesting people or places that we've been. And we've been fortunate to interview like former NBA players and some media CEOs who I know from the old days, uh, a former WWE superstar, like we're having fun and we're talking to people who like wine or love wine or drink wine. And again, it sort of comes with no pretense. So the newsletter is the best source to see our entire world. And if not there, if you want to subscribe and get that, but you should also follow us on social because like anything else these mm -hmm. days, you got to be in the club. You got to follow and get your feed going so that you can see how we drink wine, when we're drinking it, where we're drinking it. It is a living, breathing extension of the brand. Um, and I just think it's fun to play on social and get in the comments and DM us your wine picks and <laughs> tell us what we're doing wrong. You know, and also acknowledge don't spew hate. Yeah, but acknowledge <laughs> the amazing things that you're doing too. So don't just come hate. Congratulate as well. <laughs> uh, you know, we don't like. I, I rarely see anyone in the comments who sort of goes gets dark on stuff. Every once in a while, you get a wine snob who says something, and I'm not at the point yet where I'm going to call him out. But yes, soon. I think soon. I think the time to say like, hey. You're not welcome this here. This is not the time did, did or you, place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you didn't read the doormat before you came in, but like, you know, and, and a lot of times I think that just comes from a behavior of like, I know, I know the answer to that. I'm either going to say it or correct it or tell someone else in the comments that they're mm -hmm. wrong. I don't know. I'm not a Yelp reviewer. I don't do that. Like we go out to dinner. I have an experience. If it's not good, I remember it. If it is good, I remember it. You know, I sort of keep it to myself. But some people feel the need to express, that's fine. But we're, we will moderate the community and make sure this is about people who love wine. In fact, I tell people this a lot, but we, we sort of coined it when we first launched. I told the team, I said, all I care about is this. And I was like, make sure you know this. I was like, we're not wine people, we're people who drink yes. wine. And that distinction to me was... I, you know, I think that's a chip on the shoulder for sure, but it also, it says exactly what I mean. And I'm, and that's like, 
you know, with conviction. We do not believe that you need to be a quote wine person, um, whatever that means. If you know, whatever we want to qualify that as, you just need to be someone who drinks wine and likes wine, and you are welcome. Man, here. I love it. Josh, we could talk for hours and literally we have to do another um, interview with you, you know, in the coming weeks because there's so much happening in this space and, you know, post COVID, I know there's going to be a lot of people trying to go outside. And so that you're, you're definitely going to know where to go, who to go and see and who to drink. So we got to have you back on. But before we go, I have to ask you this question because it would not be the rosy hour if we didn't ask this question during this half hour <laughs> what's your favorite rosé oh no on, on the spot no I you know <laughs> I, I think I can't remember if I told you this one um, there's a there's a winery in Paso Robles uh, where I'm actually going Ooh. next so I guess another part of following on social and reading the newsletter is you get to follow our journey which I wish you could come with I wish we could all hang out and I know there's aspirational stuff but like I get to go to all these different wine countries and drink the wine and document it in real time, which usually doesn't happen with those old magazines. Uh, There's usually a delay and there's writers and they have to hit certain marks and advertisers and we don't operate that way. I want it then, there, and this is the culture. Uh, Anyway, we're going to Paso for two weeks. We have plans to go to a lot of places, but there is an amazing winery called Close Salen. And the winemaker and and his family owned, the winemaker used to work at another winery called Laventure under a guy named Stefan Aseo, who's sort of like the godfather in that region. One of the godfathers. Anyway, Clos Solène, uh, as you can tell from the name, has some French input. Uh, the winemaker's French and makes just one of the most beautiful like provincial style rosés that I've ever had. I'm going to crush myself because I can't remember if it was a 2018 or 2019. Uh, but last summer when I went to the winery and tasted it, it was maybe the best rosé I've ever wow. had. Um, single-handedly, like that memorable. And it's it's stuck with me since, you know, last year. And I, I keep talking about it. It's not the cheapest rosé on the market. So uh, <laughs> I'm definitely not helping anyone who's walking into the supermarket this afternoon. <laughs> but uh, it is hard to get. They do not make a lot of it. I'm sure they sell out immediately. But it was one of the most beautiful like faint, light, crisp strawberry notes and just delicate. It, it was sort of romantic Ooh. in that sense. Um, and it set a mood, um, the perfect summer mood. So close Alain, Rosé, I'm going to go maybe 2019. I think that's what it well, was. Well, we're going to definitely look online and try to see if there's any left. Probably not. Uh, but we're definitely going to wait for the 2021 vintage to come out because we're, we're excited then because you are putting it out there everybody go grab some uh josh it was a pleasure i'm just god i don't even like want to hang up with you <laughs> i want to talk more but well i mean we're gonna end it but you and i are just gonna keep talking about rosé oh that. yeah for like the next six days we're gonna just keep talking <laughs> we're just gonna keep charging our phones and talking <laughs> but again josh thank you so much for joining us can you let everyone know one more time your social media and website where they can join the mailing list Absolutely. Go sign up at vinohead.co because .co is the cool kids. That's what they yes. tell me. Everyone's a .co. No more .com. So vinohead.co. Uh, you can only sign up for the newsletter there. That's sort of the, the one action to take. We also have some of our feature cover stories there if you want to do some long-form reading. Uh, we feel like putting those in front so that people can get a taste of the content, the voice, our style. 
And then follow us on social at VinoHead on Instagram. All right, Joss. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really, 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 really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Renee. It was great to connect with you. Cheers. Thanks, Josh. This was such a great interview. And I'm glad we met because Vetohead is lit. So you guys don't forget to check it out and subscribe today. It is super awesome. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to hear from Joshua Martin of Loyalty Wines. Yay! Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today, I'm so excited because this is the man behind the man who is the man to an amazing brand. He is loyal, he is dependable, and he's so exciting. I can't wait to talk more and happy to introduce Josh of Loyalty Wines. Yay, Josh. How you doing? <laughs> Good. How you doing? How you I need... Yeah, Sound and we, we have to already put it out there to everybody. You are in Texas right now during a pandemic and a snowstorm. Yes, ma'am. how are you holding it's up? <laughs> it's it's okay. I uh I actually have to get a hotel for me and my wow. my family because our lights went out on on Monday on Sunday well Monday night like one forty five in the morning. So you know we uh we slept through the night that night and then uh. We ended up getting a hotel like eight, nine o'clock the next uh, day wow. when the sun came up. Wow. So, yeah, we couldn't. I was kind of scared to drive because, you know, I, they kept telling us to get off the road. We ain't used to this kind yeah, of Yeah, you guys ain't no Chicagoans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I knew it was serious when the lights went out. I like, okay, well, <laughs> right. this, this uh, where's the sunshine? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. I'm yeah, glad to hear that you and your family are safe. Uh, and I'm pretty sure there's some loyalty wines being sipped with you guys. And we are here today to learn more about you. And like, how did you get into the wine industry? Uh, man, it's a crazy story. Everything happened for a reason. So I was, I think I was coming back from my parents' house in East Texas. Uh, I think I want to say it was like December of 20, 2018. And, uh, and I knew my, one of my cousins, J Prince Jr., he was having a pop-up. And so, um, I, was, I wanted to go to it, you know, it was a, it was called Mob Ties Pop-Up. So I wanted to make sure I got back in time to go to it. So I ended up making it back in time and I I got there last minute and um, I pull up and, you know, it's just, this, uh, it was a white guy at first. I thought he was a white guy, but he actually been, he's, he's a Russian wow. guy. His name is Alex. Um, he's walking around with some bottles of cognac in his hand and, uh, I'm like, what is that you got? You know, he, I'm walking inside and he was walking inside. I'm like, what is that you got? He was like, oh, this cognac. You want some? I was like, yeah, sure. Sure. I, I He gave me two bottles. He's like, you mind taking a picture with me? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so uh, I took a picture with him. You know, we took a picture and, um, and you know, I kept talking to him. I'm like, uh, what, so what do you do? He's like, oh, he's the brand ambassador of it. I'm like, okay, dope. And so um, as the night continued, you know, he saw me roaming around and he came up to him. He was like, yo, you think the, uh, Jay Prince finally, had, he pulled up. And so he was like, you think you can give me a picture with Jay Prince holding a cognac? I'm like, and you know, I'm, I said, okay, but I'm like, I started thinking, about, I'm like, yo, Jay, Jay don't drink cognac. You know, he only drink wine. So I'm like, nah, that's not gonna be a good idea. Plus, you know, he's not gonna take a picture of something right. he's not gonna get paid for, you know. Uh, he's not gonna 
do free promotion on something. So I told him like, nah, Jay not gonna actually he's not gonna take the picture, but you can well you can welcome to take one, you know, without the, the cognac. So uh I can't remember if he did or not. Uh so you know, we ended up changing number later on that night. So probably a week later he called me out the blue. He was like, uh, I remember you saying Jay liked to drink wine. He's like, I got I got a whole bunch of connections in France and uh we could do a wine with him. And so I mean he could create a wine for him. So I'm like, mm, okay. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let me let me make some phone calls real quick. So I called Jay. He didn't pick I called him twice. He didn't pick up. So I called his son, which is his baby Jay. Um and I asked him, I'm like, yo, uh the guy this guy wanna do a wine with Jay Prince with, with your pops. And uh what you think about that? You know, he was like, nah, it's not gonna go because we already done it, didn't work out, and it's just hard industry to get started. So I'm like, dang. So I actually lied to Alex. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna tell him that he gonna do it and let's see what it's come, you know, where it leads to. So uh I ended up telling Alex, uh, yeah, he said he gonna do it. Let's go ahead and get everything started. But in my mind, I'm like, I really gotta pers- persuade Jay because I just lied <laughs> to this this, you know, this guy. You know, so I'm like, I really gotta, you know, be on top of it now. So I kept bugging baby Jay about it and uh I'm like, yo, this this guy know what he's doing. You know, he legit. Like, I'm telling you, you know what he's doing. So he, he asked his pops. And then um, we we had a meeting, I want to say, in early 2019. And me and Alex were just brainstorming on what we can do and, you know, uh, all of that type of stuff. So uh, I was like, Alex, whatever you do, whenever we go to this meeting, make sure you're not. And I'm being straight, straightforward. I'm like, make sure you don't act like you're on <laughs> cocaine. Make sure you don't. Because we don't have some weird meetings. When I had some weird meetings with some people. And so I'm being very honest. I'm like, don't act like you on some cocaine. Don't be too hyper. Just be cool and relax, you know. And, you know, but he's like, bro, I got this, bro. I got this, bro. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. And when he pulled up, he had a briefcase in his hand with, with folders, files, all kind of stuff. I'm like, man, he's legit. So I was I was tense at first. I'm like, oh, man, I'm nervous. And when he pulled out everything and everything was in order and organized, man, I laid back and I just started listening. I'm like, okay, he he do know what he doing. I saw, I was looking at Jay and I see Jay was really entertained with it. Like he was interested in it. And so he, you know, he told him his background of the story, how he became in the liquor and the industry and all that type of stuff. Um, and how he all started out, you know, um, I think his, his his family did some cattle out there in Poland and stuff like that. that's where he was raised at in Polish, in Poland. So um, he told us the background of that. He told us how he got in the liquor business and all that type of stuff. And then that's when he taught us about the wines and different types of wines that we had, that, that he can, uh, bring out and so um, you know we, we talked for probably like an hour and 45 minutes then after that after Jay heard everything after he introduced himself introduced what he can do bring to the table and all that type of stuff Jay was pretty convinced at the end of the night he was like yo I don't want to leave the step until we come up with wow. a name so that's when I knew okay Jay Jay really you know he really he really on it now so the first name that he came up with was Loyalty and you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like loyalty, like, oh man, okay, loyalty. I'm like, you sure you want to do loyalty? He he told me you got some of you got some better to come up with. I was like, I don't, I don't have nothing better to come up with. I ain't realized it was really hard to come up with a name on spot like that. And so, man, me and Baby J, we would go online. We was going on our uh, phones trying to type in loyalty in French, loyalty. You know what it means in French, or you know, we're trying to make it right, uh, jazz it up name, a little you know, bit, but loyalty. Yeah, but it just sounded crazy in, in other languages. So I'm like, you know, we just go with Lords. And we went from there. Uh, me and Alex, we, we became 
we uh we became ground mode after that so me and him started designing the bottles um all that type of stuff at the meanwhile we had to get the wine in so jay could taste it so we brought in probably like 50 maybe 30 30 i forget maybe 30 30 different types of wine 30 to 50 crazy. different types of wine um i think i think it was 30 or 50 i i, I can't remember it might be less than i might be over exaggerating but it's somewhere in between there um and we went to jay penthouse and uh i brought my brought my girl with me terry um and we we all sipped on some wine all kind of wine at i think 11 o'clock in the morning and by the time we got done we was all drunk so we didn't even know we did it all wrong we didn't even know which you know which one would be good because by the time everything was good at that time we were so buzzed and um so we had to call a few more people up to taste the wine too but we finally you know came with the the, the four that we wanted to start with and um me and alex started designing the bottles you know we kept it took us literally it's everything happened in 2019 it took us until 2020 of like i want to say wow. july to finish the designs of the bottles that's how unique i wanted the bottles to be the, the wine was cool and all that stuff but i wanted to make sure our bottles was was different from everybody you know i go to kroger's i go to um uh, I go to Total Wines, I go to HEB, I go to all these places just to look at design bottles. I'm like, what do I see? What do I don't, what I, what I don't see in these bottles that I can put in mind to make it unique. And I came up with the pendants, you know, I put a Ooh. pendants on there with the crown where it stick out 3D. And um, and like I said, I'm gonna send you some bottles so you can actually see it in hands. I wish I would have, you know, we could have did this, you know, I would have gave you the bottles before this, but uh, the no, weather don't just worry. Everything listen, off, listen, you, you guys got to be safe first, and I we appreciate it when when they get here. But yeah, like, I'm, we saw photos of them, and I was like, oh my god, this does look like royalty, loyalty. Like I was like, yeah, it came from the yeah, princess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had to make sure. Yeah, we had to make sure. And Alex, Alex did the the, the rose, the sparkling. He everything was. I mean, he drew it out. He had everything and still that he wanted inside that bottle right there and uh you know and we still we still doing some upgrades on it but you know um we just wanted to make sure that design was good and we already knew the wine tasted good because everybody loved the wine so you know we just want to make sure that we draw the attention to people buying it because we know they're gonna buy it over and over and over again once they see how it look and the name and then the taste that's a three yeah. one combo right there. and like you guys launched during a pandemic like how was that we did yes we did it's i'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell you this I'm gonna, I'm gonna just be honest i didn't even get to go to the to the lunch party because i had corona at that time yeah you I had almost made me choke on my drink like you had rona oh my god that's a whole nother episode <laughs> yeah i'm a <laughs> yeah i had corona now honestly though, i was blessed to have a good immune system i went sick i didn't even know i was sick until i lost my taste and smell but i only wow. lost for like three days and you know my my kids kind of got sick too, but you know everybody overcame it. We all we all was good, and we all we all beat it with flying colors, honestly. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I can't go to my lunch party. It was you know it was it was mixed emotions, but at the same time, I know that it's gonna be plenty more lunch parties coming, and I just hear all the good story that happened that night. Well, we we are party, here so. for you in DC. We 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 will help do that for you because <laughs> you gotta relive it again when when yes, the world ma'am. opens. We got you here in DC. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. We we'll, we'll be waiting yeah, on that. So we'll be ready how many it. types of wines do you guys have in this this loyalty brand? 
So far, we only have four. We have, uh, and we're going to expand uh, and sooner or later, but right now we started off with four. We started off with the main four that everybody really likes is the Cabernet Sauvignon, the Merlot, and um, uh, we got the Sparkling Rosé, and we got wow. the Sparkling Gold. I mean, you guys came out punching. You just said we only got so, four. I know people who start wine companies, and they're like, we got this one bottle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, you know, we just got to, we got to start big. You know, we got to. You know, it's 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 the Prince family. You know, we do yes, everything. Yes, I mean, here, royalty, so. loyalty. It, it goes together. I'm here for it. You guys are definitely killing the game in the market in this. Um, I would say, where can people yes, actually sir. purchase some loyalty wine? So, yeah, so we working with a this uh, distribution company. Actually, we working with a, a marketing company right now. They got us. You know, they giving us. Uh, we get connected with different type of distributors. Right now, we just talking, negotiating. Right now, in Texas, though, we actually uh, had a, a meeting with Mixcore. That's one of the biggest distributors in Texas. So it's going to be in all the stores, mom and pop stores, the uh, H E B, the Kroger's, all of that type of stuff. Pretty soon, but for now, you can get it online uh, if you go to Loyalty Wine Stock. If you go to Loyalty, uh, the page on Instagram, Loyalty, uh, the Loyalty Wines or the Loyalty Collection. I want to make sure I give it to you right. I think it's the Loyalty Collection. If you go to the Lloyd Collection on, on Instagram, click in the bio, um, you can definitely purchase it from there. And at first, you know, it was so much going on uh, with the back orders. You know, we had a lot of people people mad. It's the Lloyd Wines. It's the Lloyd Wines. But yeah, we had a lot of people mad because we did the pre-launch back in, I think, October. They didn't start getting their wines until after after the beginning of the year. But that's that's good. Now, we they get it three to five days now. Um, so it's just place called wine insiders on on um on social media it's a site called wine insiders on social media you oh, can actually purchase cool it so you guys go on to uh, loyalty wines instagram click the link in the bio and make yes, an order ma'am. today mm-hmm. and you know i to anybody who's like tripping over packaging being shipped i had stuff i ordered back in october that i'm just now getting now and like you know it is what it is we're in a pandemic it's snowing everywhere it's cold I mean, did I really need it that quickly? And when yeah. you get it, you can t- enjoy it even longer. So there's perks to delayed. Yeah, they enjoying it. They for sure, they for <laughs> sure enjoying it now. They sure, they for sure enjoying it now. Customs, you know, customs. We can't really control customs and what they do and stuff. So that's that's what was a, a big, yeah. a big deal situation that we had. But it's the first time, you know, we we got it down. We got wow. It down I mean, now, so. this is just so amazing. I I am just so excited. I know there's a lot of great things that you guys are doing and are creating and more wines coming out in the future. So we are excited for all of that. Um, we definitely want to have you yes, and Mr. Prince on our Instagram live happy hour, which we do on Thursday. So we'll talk about that after this. But I know the listeners are just like, OK, uh, Josh, what's your favorite rosé? Because they want to drink what you drink. <laughs> <laughs> you already know what it is the loyalty wine you know the loyalty rosé you know that's the best the best the best champagne that you can ever have I mean it's just you get buzzed off I'm of here two for that. sips you know and you're feeling good you're ready to yeah you're really you're ready to groom and dance <laughs> I'm so here for that and I think all of our listeners are too and we're mm-hmm. so excited so you're loyal to loyalty and their rosé <laughs> yes man and, and I'm gonna tell them like when, when you get that rosé you get that go to your convenient, your nearest store, you know, Walmart, Kroger, wherever you at, but uh, wherever you around, go to your Kroger's or whatever and get you some uh, raspberry lemonade and mix Ooh. it in, make you a little mimosa. That's 
that's yeah, that's man. That's you just right you there. just did a cheat code right there, and I think we're going to go ahead and make sure we yeah. have some raspberry lemonade when our when our loyalty rose arrives in a couple weeks. <laughs> yes, man. Yeah, no, we gonna get it. We gonna get it. Before, you know, you gonna get it before a couple of weeks. I'm gonna try to make oh. sure you get it ASAP. Probably next <laughs> you the couple best. of days. <laughs> I don't want you waiting any longer on Listen, that. Listen, I, I can't wine. wait till I become royalty drinking loyalty. <laughs> well, Josh, <laughs> yes, this has been yes, so ma'am. amazing. We just cannot wait to continue hearing amazing things about you guys and working with you all to kind of promote and talk about uh, the amazing things you guys are doing. So we appreciate you spending some time with us today. No, I appreciate Yay, you. Well, thanks. Me. Cheers. Yes, ma'am. Cheers. Wow, thanks so much, Josh. We really appreciate it. And the loyalty that you guys have at Loyalty Wines. (laughs) We are so thankful for both of our guests, Josh Etman of Vinohead and Josh Martin of Loyalty Wines. We want to shout out Bartender Ben, all our amazing team here at the Rose Hour podcast, Angeline and Magdalene. Also want to shout out Fairhill Studios where we record and also where they edit and put the episodes together. So shout out to Fairhill Studios for your recording needs. Also, don't forget to follow us, subscribe, like, share, follow, tag, all of those things. Us at the Rose Hour Podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms at the Rose Hour Podcast. Additionally, Don't forget to follow us on Instagram because we have a lot happening. We have Bartender Ben and his amazing Meat Chronicles. And then we're also bringing back the happy hour in our tour series. So you don't want to miss it. Don't forget also, friends, we have merchandise at our therosiehourpodcast.com. And we're your friends here. Let us know what you think. Don't forget to put some comments in the comment sections. And also, if you know of some great guests that we should be interviewing or bringing on, let us know. Hit us up. DM us. We don't mind a good DM. We love a good DM. Again, thanks so much, friends, for choosing us to listen to on your podcast platforms. And... Have a fantabulous week because next week we are going to start our series of women empowerment. So every episode, we're going to talk to someone in an industry doing great things that identifies as being a woman for Women's History Month. Until next week, friends, cheers, sip, sip, sir, sip, sip, <laughs> sip, sip, hooray and everything amazing. Cheers. Cheers.